0: Hello everyone, this is the D-Rays Bay Playoff Podcast Series, World Series, Game 3, Instant Reaction, Dodgers take this one, 6-2, to was not a fun one, uh, I'm Brett Rutherford, joined by Danny Russell as always, and Dominic Vega, coming on the Instant Reaction Playoff Podcast Series for the first time this month in October, so Dom, I'll start with you, um, that, that was a, uh, a a sad one to watch, wasn't
1: it? Yeah, that was tough to sit there and watch any by my inning. Just nobody do anything offensively and Morton just progressively seeming to get worse, but towards the end of it, he seemed to have a better outing when he, right before he got pulled.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't think it, he was terrible. Uh, I actually thought through the first two innings, even after the, the Turner home run in the first, that he looked really good. And then he just got hit a lot and balls just didn't seem to find raised gloves. They were just the classic uh, hit him where they ain't is what seemed to be happening. Uh, and ultimately, it just wasn't his best day out there. But Danny, Charlie Morton, I, I mean, I think after what he's done this postseason, and especially after what he did in Game 7, Rays fans had a lot of confidence in him. To to be the guy to come in there and shut any lineup down, that just didn't happen tonight. I mean, is there any reason to worry about him maybe in a Game 7? Uh, no. I mean,
2: Morton was so close to... To closing the gap on so many of these instances throughout the game that got away from him. Mm-hmm. And they were like two outs <laughs> with two strikes, and then things would go awry. Um, you know, that Turner home run that you mentioned, yeah, I'm pretty sure was a two strike, two out home run mm-hmm. to Justin Turner, who had himself quite a night both on offense and defense tonight. Uh, if you're a Dodgers fan, I feel like you're calling that the Turner game.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, looking at the, their side, if you're, if, if you're looking at it from the Dodgers' perspective, uh, mm-hmm. um, Turner and Mookie Betts, in terms of contributing in all aspects of the game, offense, defense, and on, and on the base paths, I mean, they're leading the early, if you assume the Dodgers are going to win this series, which we don't, um, the MVP race. So, yeah, Justin Turner, Tr- Turner was great. But Charlie Morton, I mean, again, uh, six uh, strikeouts, he, he, one walk, he, one hit. He, he locked
2: it in. We saw him lock it in in the second inning. Yeah, you looked great. We saw him lock it in in the third inning. And then there was one pitch in the dirt that comes up and hits Seager. He gets on base. Turner's back up. He doubles. And then that's when L.A. starts to drive up the pitch count. We start talking about full counts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Muncie hits, uh, I think it was like a 108 mile an hour liner yeah. just to center. Uh, it, it, was, it was a frustrating night for Charlie Morton where you were so close to finishing and things yeah. would just not go the Rays way. Mm -hmm. And then he got pulled because really he was at 91 pitches and Kevin cash is saying, okay, we're going to need you in five days.
0: Yeah. And at that point, we don't want to keep using the word punt uh, because that's not what the Rays (laughs) did. Um, But i think dom said it first dom you were the first to say punt well okay
2: okay, (laughs) sarcastically so so,
0: so Dom, what does punt
1: mean in in (laughs) means kevin cash puts in the z bullpen
0: the z (laughs) bullpen we're not giving those guys enough credit they pitched well tonight they did
1: one thing i was going to add though about uh morton is he got out of it in the fourth inning against mookie betts and he had strike three Mm -hmm. but the ump didn't see it that way and that led Mm -hmm. to the fifth run scoring credit
2: to the umpire tonight who uh I did not have to think about. It was a tight zone and I actually think Morton responded to that tight zone yeah. after the first inning and and uh started throwing his pitches accordingly. Um yeah, maybe one borderline call
1: right. here or there. It, it was I that's the way I prefer it to be. <laughs> yeah, that was the best umpire game I've seen behind the plate in I think any game we've played so far. But it, there was one instance where I was like you wish you would have had that call
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah before we move on into the the Rays bullpen and kind of what happened in the later innings I mean we got to talk about who was opposing Charlie Morton tonight Walker Bueller absolutely incredible six innings pitched 10 strikeouts one walk just one run on three hits Uh, the guy that's been the last couple of years up there if not better than Clayton Kershaw in this Dodger rotation and he's going to be a Dodger for probably a long time, so thank God the Rays don't have to face him regularly. Um, but he was great tonight, uh, guys. What were your thoughts on, on, on Walker Bueller's performance? I mean, Jamal
2: wrote a fantastic preview of what Bueller brings and how to beat Walker Bueller, and it it was about uh, a few different factors. One that he's pitching hurt. He's been having blister issues, so that could be a complicating factor in the same way that back issues were a potential uh, something mystery piece of of the pie that we didn't know about. Uh, He wrote about how um, for his second pitch that he uses, it's either going to be cutter or curveball and you need to figure out which one he's going to use because that kind of dictated the style in which he was pitching. And then the third thing was that uh, the Rays were going to rack up strikeouts because that was how Kevin Cash previewed the game. He said, this is <laughs> going to be a lot of strikeouts. Um, and he was right. But the problem was Bueller was so on tonight, he didn't need a secondary pitch. He was yeah. a one-pitch pitcher multiple times through the order. It was a fastball that was just untouchable.
0: Yeah, it, it was. And then it, it, it was hitting the corners. It was getting up there to 99 really unhittable and Danny you mentioned the blisters but it's also you know he was dealing with the the blood circulation issues too with is that because of the pants yeah the tight pants <laughs> <laughs> sorry I, I had to try to lighten this one up a little bit <laughs> we're a little down in the dumps uh, I know the pants joke is is making the round so not the first person to make that joke you but... didn't make that up I, I missed that <laughs> yeah um but yeah Blake uh Walker Bueller was great and the Rays are going to have to face him again in Game Seven if it gets to a Game Seven. You know, we've still got Rays in six alive, um, but I mean, if if it's going to be if the Rays are up three two going into Game Six, Walker Bueller probably shows up at some point in that game as well. So, Dom, any other thoughts on on Bueller's performance?
1: Yeah, the thing that we didn't see Bueller at all when we faced the Dodgers four times last year. Yeah, so I feel like you could see that because there were eight at bats tonight that we he's threw three pitches or less. Mm-hmm. So I think the biggest thing tonight was just seeing him for the first time.
0: Yeah, that's a good point because I, I was saying, like, watching his outing, he looked incredible. And when, you know, some of the aces that the Rays will face in the American League, Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, some of these guys that the Rays are real familiar with now, Chris Sale, uh, you know when you're watching a Rays game and you're watching every single pitch, you know when one of those guys is on. And I couldn't tell, like, is this normal Walker Bueller? Or are we getting... Walker Buehler's best outing ever. Like, I wasn't sure. I know he's been great for the Dodgers, but uh, like like the players, I think, pe- you know, fans and people watching the game, you know, I I, I had no idea. And so... You, you know seven, who pitching in this
2: game was very well-known and very familiar to the hitters? Uh, Charlie
0: Morton. Yeah, yeah. Who has faced the Dodgers plenty of times. Yeah. He's not on the race. Yeah, definitely. Um, Let's get into, uh, Dom, let's get into the Z bullpen. Because... I. <laughs> uh, I I, uh, I didn't appreciate that. Uh, no. John Curtis, Ryan Sheriff, Ryan Thompson, <laughs> Shane McClanahan, they go four and two-thirds and give up just one run on three hits. Uh, they were great. And we talk about punting and you know maybe that game at that point was not winnable or that winnable for the Rays, so you use these guys to eat up and rest your A bullpen. But those roles that they play – Getting those out is still really huge, and they kept the Rays in the game. It was 6-2 to two by the time the final out was recorded, a four-run game. That's not a blowout by any means. So I want to give a lot of credit to those guys. Uh, Ryan Thompson, again, before we like get into analyzing these guys' outings, uh, Ryan Thompson, I've talked so much about Ryan Thompson on the podcast, about when he made his big league debut, about how his dad got to get to the drop to see him in his postseason debut. His mom was there tonight at the World Series, seeing him pitch in the World Series. I think Trisha Whitaker tweeted out the video of Ryan Thompson's mom watching and getting a little bit emotional and getting to cheer him on, and he pitched great. He has all postseason, really, and that was really cool. Ryan Thompson still at the top of my list for for guys that I'll cheer for no matter what, and he was also really good tonight. Fun fact about Ryan Thompson. Uh,
2: the players at the at the end of the season went through – the the crowd went through the cardboard cutout crowd and signed yeah. some of the cutouts. And uh, my beautiful wife had hers signed by Ryan Thompson.
0: So so did D-Ray's, Bay, D-Ray, D-Ray's Bay's very own Jamal Wilberg. His was signed by Ryan Thompson too? Yeah. Oh, I so he's so. just signing the pretty cutouts. Yeah, that's <laughs> what it is. That's what it is. Um, All
2: right, back on target.
0: Yeah. Um, Dom, let's talk about Shane McClanahan, who got the knife and also a guy that we haven't seen a whole lot of getting a chance to pitch in the World Series. Uh, Really huge for a young guy like that. And he looked great. What did you you think?
1: McClanahan seemed like his best outing so far command wise, and he was hitting a a hundred a couple times. I was honestly impressed with him, but really like you were just talking about to me, Ryan Thompson was the most impressive guy of the Z bullpen. And I'm just calling him Z for jokes because <laughs> it seems like Curtis is the guy who's taken over the sluggers role. Yeah. But you look at Thompson and you think he has some actual value here because yeah. I'm pretty sure the Dodgers in any level of minors have seen him maybe a couple times with the players that are up at the major league level.
0: Yeah, definitely. Any other,
2: well, other thoughts? Other than Curtis too, to, to your point, Dom, the others only pitched one inning. Right. Mm. It's not like any of
1: them are off limits tomorrow right. or the next day.
0: They're probably it's going to be needed.
1: These are guys that are multi-in guys as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, now that you have the off day, you're playing games three, four, and five on three consecutive days. There's a good chance that one of these guys, if not multiple, will be needed either tomorrow night or in game five on Sunday. Um, so, yeah, really good to see them kind of get it out, get out quickly, get their three outs, keep a low pitch count. Uh, the Rays offense. Let's let's talk about the one shining spot in the Rays offense tonight. Or really, just the one moment. Randy Rosarina home run off of Kenley Jansen in the ninth inning made it six to two. Uh, it broke Derek Jeter's rookie postseason hits record, and Randy Rosarina is now on a list of four or five batters who have eight home runs in a single postseason. Most all time, um, so Randy- right.
2: It's the Barry Bonds list. Barry Bonds is one of those names. <laughs> yes, or players with home runs in the postseason. If he hits another home run, he stands alone. He would have yeah. the most home runs in a postseason in the history of baseball. Randy Rosarena, you magnificent bastard! <laughs> you hit a three ninety seven and a four oh five foot fly ball one of those were home runs Mm -hmm. and i so desperately wanted it to be both (laughs) (laughs) give me this you know uh if if the rays are not moving on how great to uh to have kenley jensen called in yeah Uh, i i love that he actually got used in this game uh even though there was quite the lead and maybe that's just a function of their bullpen and needing to rotate which pitchers were pitching but then also how great to punish him Mm-hmm. way to go randy
0: mm-hmm. yeah no great stuff um you talk about the dodgers bullpen i mean I, the recipe i thought the recipe for this game would be get a couple off of bueller if you can you need to have a great pitching night and then really start to add runs and and, and get and get in business when the dodger bullpen comes in so they used to and graderall and jansen And besides that one pitch to Randy Rosarena, all three of those guys looked really good. That was the only time a Rays hitter reached base against those uh, pitchers in the last three innings. That was a little, not worrying, but something that I could look back and like, "Mm, the Rays could have been able to get to these guys. These aren't as shut down as Anderson Castillo Fairbanks. Um, But it's just one night. The game was kind of out of reach before we move on to talk about like how this game sets up the rest of the series the last four potential games of the series I do want to talk about G Man Troy who again put on a defensive clinic mm-hmm. at first base uh, one day after not being named a finalist for the gold glove in the American League Kevin Kiermeyer also left off Thomas um, left, left off. off. Mike Come Zanino on, yeah. left off, Kiermaier was probably the one we could have the biggest gripe about. We could do a, we could do an awards podcast after the postseason, but I want to talk about G Man Choi tonight, making huge plays to save the throws by Joey Wendell and Willie Adamas. He's been doing it all postseason. Those guys owe him a steak dinner or two or three, um, with all the the throws that he's been. And they've been making great plays um, to get those throws over there, but he has been killing it. And without getting too off topic. Not getting into the off-season roster construction, but if there's still a decision to be made between Nate Lowe and G-Man Troy as to who you want being your everyday first baseman or the the guy that's going to pick up most of the innings at first base, I was pretty like neutral. Besides like loving G-Man Troy, that like Nate Lowe and G-Man Troy, I kind of saw them as virtually the same player. The defense that we've seen out of G-Man Troy in the postseason, now in my opinion puts him miles above Nate Lowe and whatever it costs in arbitration to keep him there next season over Nate Lowe. That's a decision. Like that's a decision the Rays need to make. They've got to keep Jamie and Troy. If they were to move on from him and, and to try to save a hundred, couple hundred thousand dollars that, that would be very disappointing for me, but I, I don't know what you, what your guys' opinions are on that.
1: Yeah. I mean, like for me, the bat hasn't been all that impressive, but that to me goes to the case of Adamus, where, the defense is far outperforming the bat and the value is just too hard to deny right now. And for me, low is a situation where he needs playing time for his bat to be at its best. And you saw that towards the end of the season, but I think Choi, we've seen what his bat has done in the past. And if he's slumping right now that may not be indicative of what his actual bat is. Plus you have the whole silly season that this is, (laughs) I'm not against keeping him around for one more year.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and look, he's an American League East. You got to keep Jimmy and Troy for as long as Garrett Cole's pitching for the Yankees to hit off of him. Um, but <laughs> I, I just really liked what I what I saw out of him. Not only was he making like he did a full split, we have seen him. Do yeah, like he did half
2: in the first inning. Yeah, he did right. the full split in the first inning, which is just showing off at that point. That's and that's Troy being upset that he wasn't nominated for a Gold Glove, sure. <laughs> right. Uh, right? In the second inning, there was that uh, odd play at second base where. Brandon Lau had to field and then turn and burn very quickly. And the throw was slightly off and Troy gobbled that up. Uh, in the fourth inning was when uh, he had to leap to catch an errant throw by Wendell. And then he comes down and I think he gets Taylor in the face yeah. with his glove or knocks his helmet off. That was a fantastic moment. Uh, it was after the floodgates had kind of opened, but still mm-hmm. just great uh, to, to work to keep the Rays in the game. And also, uh, The plays he didn't make were also just impressive. Uh, Them showing the slow-motion replay of him leaping for a ball that just went past his glove. The whole time, I'm just thinking, like, wow, this is G-Man Choi peak performance in terms of defense.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, All right, so talking about Game 4 in the rest of the series. Uh, The Dodgers have a 2-1 to lead. And now Game 4 is another one that really, uh, from the outset, we all kind of saw as a game the Rays have a really good chance in, in terms of how the pitching is going to line up. So it looks like it'll be mostly a bullpen day. I think Julio Urias is going to start for the Dodgers. Don't know how long they're planning on letting him go. Maybe he acts as a full full starter. And it sounds like Ryan Yarbrough is in line to pitch the bulk of the innings in game four for the Rays. Don't know if he's going to start. Don't know if he's going to come in second. Uh, But that should be how it lines up, depending on how the game pans out. Dom, how how confident are you in the Rays and the Rays pitching staff to be able to put up a a really good fight tomorrow in game four?
1: I am as confident as I could be because you have your A bullpen ready for games four and five. Then you have the off day. And if you want to go conspiracy theory and say Kevin Cash is playing for how many games in a series, you have a possible off day for the Z bullpen on game (laughs) six to line him up for a game seven and so i know that's looking really far in the future and you still have to win the games that you're responsible for but we are set up as good as we can be considering we're down 2-1 in the series
0: yeah i think that's a great point um I'll, also though looking at the games I, I really liked the Rays in game two going into that game they won that one i really liked them in game four and then again in game six with blake snell back on the mound um you then like danny mentioned needed to not steal a game but win either game three game five or a potential game seven and now that you don't you make it a lot tougher on yourself again not the series is not over by any means uh, but you make it a lot tougher on
2: yourself. no i yeah but that's still the blueprint to a raise one of the world series right uh game two four and six are the dodgers bullpen games mm-hmm. and you have to come out on top of those right. otherwise you're having to best kershaw and bueller uh Multiple times, so you're going to face Kershaw twice and Bueller twice. But now if could, they have. You to, can take one of those to. and win the bullpen games, then you're you're doing something. But as Dom said, now we've seen him.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Now you've seen what Kershaw has to offer. Now you've seen what Bueller's fastball looks like. Hopefully, uh, that changes things for a second meeting later. But in the meantime, I would not anticipate winning both of those matchups. So it does make tomorrow feel. Uh, I'm going to say it again. Must win.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm going to allow you to use those cliches. I think they're warranted. It's the World Series. Uh, Yeah. I mean, winning tomorrow sends you into game five where it will be Kershaw on the mound Mm -hmm. uh, versus Tyler Glass now. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's late again. So making sure I got that right. Um, That's a game that, mm, I don't know, I feel kind of nervous about. You're going to get the best out of the
2: Rays tomorrow and on Sunday. You're going to get the best the Rays have to offer at this point. There's nothing for Kevin Cash to hold back about. Right. The A bullpen is on its way for sure. The full stable is going to be available. You're going to get uh, Ryan Yarbrough is the only is the weakest link right now at this point. Ryan Yarbrough is a fantastic fourth pitcher. Yeah. So uh, weak is 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 an insult. It's just more. Uh, it's more a reflection of the quality of the three starting pitchers the Rays have. Um, yeah. Maybe there's an opener, maybe not. But uh, Ryan Yarbrough needs to be on, and uh, the stable genius Kevin Cash. I've got the T-shirt. Uh, huh? <laughs> we'll, we'll have his opportunities here. We're gonna see what the Rays have. This right. is this is their moment, and the Dodgers are a really freaking good team. Mm, they are. We'll and we'll see now. what happens. I mean, <laughs> that, so at
0: weird. this point, the Rays have to show up yeah and, and honestly though let's look at this let's wrap it up on this ryan yarbro assuming that the rays fully see tomorrow as a must-win game and they're in the game it's either tied maybe they have a slight leader maybe they're even down a run um ryan yarbro does not have to get you that deep into the game before you're willing to turn it over to the a bullpen because now what we've seen in the postseason for the most part each of well really just anderson and fairbanks can get you more than just three outs. They can go two innings. So assuming that all those guys are fully rested, none of them have pitched in the last two days, how deep does Yarbrough even have to get you into the game before you're turning it? Would you bring those guys, I mean, we've seen them bring them in the third. I don't think you'd see that tomorrow, but maybe Yarbrough gets innings two, three, and four, then you turn it over to the bullpen in innings five, six, seven, eight, nine, and piece it together. Would you guys be shocked if that was kind of the game plan going in?
1: I think if Yarbrough goes behind an opener, which I am going to guess is what's going to happen, you can get Yarbrough through the fourth inning and then you can start to piece together that A bullpen. But you can still rely on guys like McClanahan, uh, Curtis, if you want to use him. Mm-hmm. I still think that Cash has faith in those guys. And it's not that they're part of any lesser bullpen. They can be as just as effective against the bottom half of the order. It really just depends on is Yarbrough going to be the best number four pitcher you can find or is he just going to be a number four pitcher
0: Mm -hmm. yeah well okay so this is kind of going to be obsolete by the time people listen to this uh, because it's probably going to be announced any second now assuming there's an opener in front of Yarbrough, who do you guys expect it to be thompson Ooh, i like that
2: interesting I, i feel like that fits what uh kevin cash has done as well uh we know that thompson can go multiple days in a row so i don't hate it i think Cash would rather have fairbanks anderson castillo uh available out of the bullpen counterpoint uh he's shown a willingness in the playoffs to use the three of them when the game is tied and a zero zero start to the game is a tie game mm-hmm. so i don't know maybe Castillo is out there
0: say it danny say it. what tone setting it sets the tone. I think it sets the tone. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, okay. Well, it, 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 this was kind of like, I don't know, I feel down. It was a 6-2 to two game. It kind of felt out of hand early on. But This game was never ours to start with. Come on. I hate saying that, though. I hate saying that. It goes it's back true, to game though. one. You know, a couple hits go the other way. This is a close game. man a game one felt so much closer to me than this game. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. But well, breaking news right now: uh, Ryan Yarbrough starting game four. Oh, good for him! There we go. Getting. A I am happy series. for him to have that experience. I was. It always breaks like right when we wrap up the podcast, like just how it times out. Um, but there we go. So we had that discussion for no reason. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> That's going to do it uh, tonight for the World Series Game 3 Instant Reaction Podcast on the D-Rays Bay Playoff Podcast Series. Thank you to Dom for hopping on, making his debut. And thank you to Danny, as always, for joining me. And thank you guys for listening. If you want each of these episodes downloaded directly onto your device, make sure to subscribe to our podcast feed. And make sure, as always, to head on over to draysbay.com to check out all of the great coverage from this 2020 postseason run. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.
2: G Man Choi's walk up music while the Rays are the home team in the World Series is his name being chanted from the previous playoff appearance. It's just G Man Choi's name being said over and over again. This is going to be, on. Too, this Come to be on. too long. <laughs>